Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who's sitting right there. <laughs> and he goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What's up, yo, TSC Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> oh, man, this is uh, this is surreal, isn't it? We're not, this is our first time doing it in this studio. Duplex is what it really is, with uh, not being alive. So it's, I, I think when it's live, we just... We just fire it. We don't even know what's happening. We don't know what we're saying. But this is, uh, I don't know, this is weird, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of funny you say that because a lot of times I'll, you know, because when we would do this, we would do it over Skype. Mm -hmm. And so I've got my laptop and you've got yours and I've got a camera and I'm just looking at the, you know, so it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? But now in live action, it's like. Now we got three cameras. Like I've never had three cameras. You know what I'm saying? Like I had trouble enough looking because I'd have one camera recording me, but I'd see Mike on Skype, so I'd, I'd listen to him what he's saying, then I'd go back to the camera and I'd go back and forth. But now it's like three, and it's just like, wait, are we going off this one? Are we going off this one? So yeah, it is it's a little adjustment, but I, I will say it's it's a lot better hanging out with you in person, yeah, drinking cold beers, talking college football. It's. Uh, it's game week, you know what I'm saying? We like, we've got football on, like some more SEC. We're on. It's it's a hundred thousand miles an hour moving forward, and and I love that uh, that we can watch it together. Yeah, yeah. I went down. Quick story, Shane. I went down and got my hair cut. Yeah, about was, time. It was getting crazy long here, and I I just knew where we're living. Like that was not going to fly with the locals. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? So I called up my dad and I said, because no offense, but I wasn't going to ask you about a barber. I think whoa, you know? whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offense taken, you know. So I asked my dad, "You go to go, you know, where's a good place to get your hair cut?" And he said, "Oh, I'm going down. It's just the downtown barber, and the the downtown is literally it's one light and a, <laughs> and a railroad tracks, right?" I didn't see a barber down there, but he said, "Yeah, we we got to go, but we got to go at eight a.m." And I was yeah. like, "Who gets their hair cut at eight a.m.?" You know, but he's like, "Oh, trust me, the the line starts at seven thirty. We get in there. We didn't get." touch till about 9 30 there's just one guy yeah it's him and his dog and <laughs> so seriously that's it. and it's bunch of old men come in there that's and, it and they're just they just talk and shop at the barber shop but and, and, and you know and it i think sometimes these big cities you lose that you oh, know yeah. uh growing up we we had one my my papa will take me and my brother down and you know we get her i had hair back then so i'd get flat, <laughs> get a flat top you know which is kind of crazy growing up you know I mean, that's what we grew up, our, you know, Papa's military and stuff. And uh, it's like, man, but if I knew my hair had an expiration date, maybe there would have been one summer I would have tempted to grow it out or something. But but going in there, I remember these old farts just talking about mainly high school football, ball, ball, you know. Yeah. It was, it was, it's kind of funny how football and barber shops kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. and of course you know you got to squeeze in some local politics and uh you know <laughs> the, the bullshit the president's up to and all that stuff you know so there's there's a little bit of that but 
you know, you miss that, and, and I'm glad that there's, you know, there's still some of that around. And, you know, it's kind of funny. We've kind of created an online barbershop talking football and uh, with all the cousins out there yeah. chirping in and the YouTube comments and stuff. So mm-hmm. it kind of feels like a digital version of that. But, <laughs> yeah, welcome to a small town, Mike. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Shade, uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, it was pretty neat. We got. I have to open the show with this because this was so great. But Shane was featured for the first time in a Missouri any kind of hype video, but a yeah. Missouri season opener football highlight video. Let's let's cut it over to this. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a, a team that a lot of folks are sleeping on. I don't know how you cannot look at this defense and feel like it's going to just be outstanding. All right, man. So how great was that? What was the emotions like? You're, I feel like I'm sitting next to Josh Pate, man. Yeah. It, you and Josh Pate are the only ones I know that get this kind of treatment. I'm telling you, nobody makes you want to run through a brick wall like this guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got tagged in the video. I didn't see it initially, and then I, I went up there, and it's just kind of – it's a little surreal, yeah. you know, because, again, six years ago, me and you were – not in a basement, but basically in a basement, just talking football to about five other listeners, you know, and <laughs> half of that was family. So it, to get from that to this, it is a little surreal, but um, I'm I'm pumped up, man. You know, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I just, the, not just the growth of the show, but just, I don't know, this, this next chapter of media coverage too. It's not just our show. There's a lot of great shows out there, Mike, but it seems like we're starting to get a little bit more of fan perspective and not not that cookie cutter, you know, yeah. how we should feel about college football, you know. And that that's, you know, people are people are recognizing. I mean, we got a media team in Missouri that felt like that SEC podcast deserved a little shout out. So, yeah. Kudos to to all the listeners getting us there cuz if it weren't for them sharing and listening, we wouldn't have, I guarantee you they wouldn't have me on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hey, they Threw us some love, Shane, so let's throw it right back. There's two games on Thursday. Yes. Florida, Utah, everyone's talking about. We'll get to that in just a second. But Mizzou hosting South Dakota in the season opener and drinking company. You know, they're still trying to figure out the quarterbacks, Brady Cook and Sam Horn. Mm -hmm. Who's it going to be? We may not get the full answer against South Dakota, but we'll certainly see if if it's too big for one of them. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I, I'm pretty fired up about to see this offense specifically because we know the defense is going to be locked down against South Dakota. But yeah. anything in particular you're looking for from uh, Sam Horn, Brady Cook, this offense? Just who wins. You know, it's that simple. It feels like, uh, and of course, we're going to get to the comments here in a second, but this is a competition that came down to the wire, and it's 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 like he made a point. It's not that one guy lose the, loses the – it's not like Brady's losing the job. It's just that Sam is pushing him for that job. So – but what does it look like when the lights come on? You know what I'm saying? What what is it, there's going to be a guy, there's going to be some sort of noticeable step when these two take and once they seize the reins, man, it's I don't think this is a out of all the competitions, I guarantee you, this one may get settled by half, you know. Hmm. All right, yeah, so let's kick it over to these comments from uh, old Eli talking the competition and and everything that's going into that this first game against South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, and I know what play we're calling first too, but I'm not going to tell you. So, um, 
you know, I think, look, I want to be as forthright of information as we can, but I'm never going to put our program in jeopardy or give away competitive advantages. So I've already said that multiple quarterbacks are going to play. How we do that and what we do there is going to be information that we'll give. And you can either buy a ticket and see it firsthand or you can catch it on the, the X feed. Um, but I'm not going to preview it early for anybody. It's called the art of suspense. We're trying to sell tickets, man. What is the coaching conversation like for the rest of the offense on how you execute with two different quarterbacks in the same game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any difference. Uh, when we play multiple players at multiple positions, I think the biggest thing is to allow our quarterbacks to play with a rhythm so they're not feeling like after every play they could potentially be pulled or after every series. So there's a plan in place to do that. Um, they all have a game plan that they're going to execute. I think our offensive coordinator and offensive staff have, have done an excellent job with the plan and, and know what players are comfortable with and, and uh, what opportunities we're going to give them. But, um, you know, I don't think there's anybody that's really nervous, like, oh, my gosh, with this quarterback's in, it's going to be this. Or it's not like we're going to run the triple option or wing T with, with one quarterback and spread no huddle with the other one. So we're going to execute our offense. And whoever get continually um, – you know, I, I said this yesterday. Somebody asked about this. The reality of it is no quarterback put took themselves out of the race. Like, all of our guys played so consistent and were smart, disciplined decision makers, and multiple guys were offensive player of the day because throwing multiple touchdowns and doing the things that we asked them to be a quarterback. So it's not like I could sit there and say, well, I like you more than the other one, so you're going to be our guy. It's like, okay, well, we'll carry on the competition, and and whoever defines it uh, in the game when they're live um, is going to give themselves the best opportunity to continue to be our starting quarterback. So uh, not nervous about it in any sort of way. I think everybody in the media, you know, and obviously fans may be uh, perceive it as one or the other, but I think for us and our team, this is the right, you know, the right plan of attack for us. Hey, you know, there's one thing that I kind of wanted to piggyback off this, Shane, because I know <clears> we're everybody focuses on the quarterbacks for good reason, but they have to find running back too. Yeah. And is that more difficult when you're trying to figure out who your quarterback is? You know, it'd be one thing if you had this elite running attack and you could just kind of lean on it. They're trying to figure out the quarterback position. They're trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be their, their best running backs going into SEC play. Does it complicate matters at all that they're, that they're doing kind of both at the same time? No, I, I don't think so. I, 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 obviously, the quarterback is what's going to naturally drive this team. It, it, you know, if they are going to be contenders like I think they can be, Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to only go as far as Sam or Brady takes them. You know, the running backs, those come and go. Yeah. The linemen, they're going to come and go. You talk to uh, – there's some of the conference – obviously, we didn't include all the clips here, but that's one of the things he talked about was getting that running game going because some of those third-down sacks that you've seen were situations that these running backs and the linemen put them in and having to throw on third down. You know, if you're looking at – third and three you've got options but if it's third and eight you know people are going to pin their ears back and come at, come after your quarterback so i yes i to answer your question kind of twofold there obviously the running game is extremely important but i don't think that should be the story the story should be this offensive line creating that room the story should be the quarterback taking the reins and good thing they've got south dakota instead of kansas state yeah. instead of utah you know one of these type matchups right out the gate 
they got time to figure this all out. Absolutely. I mean, but Kansas State's lingering, you know. Yeah. And and the the parade can end real quick if you're not prepared. So this is a pivotal. You know, uh, Coach Beamer talked about wanting preseason games. You got one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're lucky. You're not a South Carolina going against UNC with game day. You're not, you know, one of these Florida and you going all the way out to Utah and's got to practice in freaking Texas. You know, I mean, <laughs> you don't have any of that. You've got home field advantage and take advantage of what you do have with South Dakota. So, yeah, big game for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, the other Thursday game, Shane, obviously, is nationally televised. Big deal. Florida going to Utah. Mm-hmm. We'll find out uh, how far they've come under Billy Napier year two, and that is something that that Billy Napier highlighted year two. It's big for the program. Everybody's they they know the drill. We're deeper, more talented. We got a full, really two full classes of recruits. Yeah, Billy Napier recruits in the building. Let's kick it over to Billy Napier uh, talking about that heading into this Utah matchup. Talked a lot about this offseason was uh, just the, the familiarity and continuity continuity in year two. How does that play up heading into game week? Well, we've got a core group of veterans that you know are in this systems for the second year. They understand the, all the the processes, the structure, routine. All those things matter. You know, I do think we also have a lot of new players, right? So. Um, I go back to the analogy, students learning the material for the second time, the teachers teach the material for a second time, right? Uh, we've spent more time on our things that will affect the final result than maybe last year. You know, you got a long set of problems to solve, coming up with solutions for those, getting to know people, not only your roster, but new people you've uh, hired, um, not to mention administration and recruiting. We're just in a little bit better place relative to established routine and uh, familiarity. So I think we'll benefit All right, from Chase, that. so year two, Billy Napier. And he's right. They, be, they beat him last year. Mm-hmm. It's going to have nothing to do with this game, though. He's, he's made that evident. That's got nothing to do with this game, and I right. get it. But, man, after a, an entire offseason of trash talk, that Florida sucks, Billy Napier sucks, over-unders, five and a half. Yeah. Utah's won their shitty league two years in a row. Yeah. You know, all this. It's a, it's that their house. It's revenge and all this. But their quarterback, likely out. You're right. They're tight end, likely out. And he's their best player. Uh, they're starting a, a left tackle as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Their backup quarterback, out for the season, got hurt. Yeah. And can't. I mean, there's so many things lining up in Florida's way. And I don't know if you caught this news or not, but – uh, due to the the storms down there in Florida, they're having to leave a day. Or they're in Dallas today, as we're recording. They'll be in Salt Lake on Wednesday, so they had to leave earlier. I don't know if that affects much, but they're practicing in Dallas, right? So yeah, they're, so yeah. they're going to practice and then go up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's got to affect you. You would think. I mean, you you've flown, yeah. you know. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I, it takes me about two days to get my sleep cycle back. So I can't imagine practicing in Texas, playing in Utah, right? Right. So, so that's not in your favor. But you know, I, I think this game, man, it, it's going to come down to who's more physical. And I, I think obviously the Gators shorten it up a little bit with this running attack, but. You know they've been they've been told all all off season, man, that they don't belong, that they're not mm-hmm. there yet, that yeah. this team's not good, that they're not even making a bowl, and 
blah, blah, blah. And you're going to put all of that to bed if you go out there and you beat the shit out of Utah. It's that simple, Mike. They just got to come out and they got to play SEC football. Don't don't try to mold to what Utah's doing. Come bring your game and make them struggle. Make them suffer because they've got their version of the Florida Gators in their mind. It's going to look totally different, I believe, this year because they are going to do a better job at establishing that line of scrimmage and and giving Mertz opportunity out of that rushing attack to find somebody maybe downfield. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great, great game. And and But, again, it's a huge punch in the eye if you go out there and you lose, even though you're an underdog and everybody's expecting you to do it. But if you do it, then all of a sudden everybody's like, well, yeah, they're right. Look at all this shit that happened to Utah. They didn't even have a starting quarterback, or you, right, they right. lost with the third string quarterback. So all the stuff that's like lining up for your favor is what's going to be used against you in the media. And, and Billy's going to all of a sudden have a hot seat just like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I saw an interesting stat, Shane, today reading up on this game. Um, so Utah last season, and they bring back almost everybody on defense. Yeah. So it's going to be, you know, virtually the same unit. They're among the best in the country in allowing uh, uh, the fewest 10 or more uh, yards per play. So big plays. Yeah. They're elite. Yeah. But and I think they're like 14th in the country, or they were last year. But plays of 40 or more yards, like huge explosive plays, like we're used to seeing Tennessee do. <laughs> Utah's defense, 123rd in the country. So what that tells me is, you know, they they don't get beat for the 10 to 20-yard play very often. Yeah. But if you hit them for an explosive play, it's going to the house. Yeah. So, they, I mean, that they probably don't have the elite athletes in the back end, and they certainly – well, I mean, I think you make a good point. The physicality the – because t- that's the DNA of Utah, and that's the DNA of Billy Napier. Yeah. So it's strength on strength. But I think where Florida could really have an edge in this game, they've got some really young receivers. they got Ricky Persall, who I – said the other day, offensive MVP for the Florida Gators this year. They have weapons. Mm-hmm. And so this all goes back to Graham Mertz for me, the quarterback. Yeah. And we don't know what we're getting from him. But if he can take advantage of some deep shots that will likely be there, I think Florida will have a big-time edge at, yeah. at the skill position. And I think that, I think that's what the game's going to come down to, two or three big plays yeah. that are there, who makes them and who doesn't. I think that's going to decide this game. Well, I was thinking about that when I was jogging this morning, Mike. <laughs> I said, how, how does Florida Gators beat Utah? And the rushing attack is the easy answer. But I think you hit the nail on the head. You're going to have to have some big explosive plays. But you can do that if you start drawing more helmets in the box. You know, the more people I start loading that box up to give an opportunity to stop the run, that's more opportunities on the outside to make an make a play deep. So you're going to have to have some, and if they don't get that, they'll lose. But mm-hmm. if they do, they're going to beat them. So. <laughs> <laughs> the picks are tomorrow, so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not tipping my hat. <laughs> All right, how about LSU, Shane? Same kind of deal. Brian Kelly in year two yeah. at LSU. And I didn't realize this, Shane. I went back and looked this morning. I'm getting – I'm living in this duplex. I got nothing to, <laughs> nothing but time to do research and things of that nature. I forgot this. I, I bet you did too. So LSU lost to Florida State in the opener. Yep. But Florida State played Week Zero, so they had mm. a they had an extra game to prepare, 
And this was Brian Kelly's first game ever. Yeah. And they looked horrible for three quarters, and they caught fire at the end. They nearly won it. They won't have that this year. This yeah. is, you know, this is year two. This is an LSU team that knows what they're doing, knows their identity, bringing back a lot of star players. And I think um, I was also looking at Shane. I'm here. Who, who did they play week zero? Do you remember? It was a it was some stupid team, team right? like yeah. the Queenies or something. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but the point is, I think that's an advantage. You yeah. know, ironing out something. But I went back. I'm seeing all this hype about Florida State. And I'm seeing, oh, they beat, you know, Syracuse. Yeah. They beat Boston College. They beat this garbage team, that garbage team. They they beat Oklahoma in the bowl game. Oklahoma had a losing record. They should I think they should have lost to Florida. Florida had a losing record. I mean, they didn't beat anybody of count. Yeah. Yeah, people are anointing them as the ACC. Some people are anointing them as playoff. I think it's ridiculous, and I think they're going to get exposed on Sunday. Yeah, because they're all reading them clippings, man. This is LSU, and what'd you do? You beat them last year, so our team's better. So why do I think there's going to be a different result? Oh yeah, and it's in Florida, and our fans are going to show up, and we're this is our national championship run. This is the season, and they're I mean, turn on any show outside the SEC, and you got Florida State in the top four, you know. So they're hearing all of that. You know, Mike's a good coach. And and I, I I'm pretty sure he'll have the Seminoles ready to play, but there is something to be said about preparation and being told that you're the underdog because people are being are telling LSU right now that Florida State's going to beat them. Well, man, all summer long, you've been told that this team that beat you last year barely shouldn't have is going to beat you again. Nah, I I think there's I think that's the thing LSU's going to come out ready and prepared and dialed in and watch out because if they do get going, they ain't mm-hmm. slowing down. Yep. Uh, well, let's kick it over to Brian Kelly. Similar comments to uh, Billy Napier, but uh, year two, mm-hmm. and at this time last year, they didn't know who their starting five was going to be on the offensive right. line. He says, we got eight guys, Shane. Eight guys up front <laughs> we've got confidence in. And, and just kind of explains why year two, why – that is such a big difference for the players in his experience. Oh, compared to last year, I mean, I, I think we were talking about who the five starters were today. I mean, last year at this time, I, I'm not even sure if we took a poll in here, uh, we probably came up with five different names. Um, so, um, yeah, we're in such a different place than we were last year, and we should be. There's a reasonable expectation that, you know, you, you, you should have made progress, um, you know, from that standpoint. And it's a lot of it is we started two freshmen, and when you and when you start two freshmen and you have them go through the the battles, the ups and downs of it, it allows you some you know foundational pins that now you can work around and, and start you know plugging in the uh, the pieces. And we have a big picture question for you now that we're officially starting year two here. I'm wondering if you see any similarities between this team in year two versus some of your other ones that you've had in years past. Yeah, I, I think every every one that I've been in part of, you know, it's it's kind of like the, the, there's so much similarity in terms of one continuity within the coaching staff, right? I think you start there, you know, having your coordinators back, having your staff back, where the communication is so much more seamless. Um, it allow here's what it allows to happen that people sometimes don't give the 
the, the credit where it's due, and that is players start making adjustments on their own because they now know the system. They understand what's expected, what they can and can't do. So now, now there, there's no like, all right, you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, what you need to do is organically do the things that make sense uh, within the structure of that play. And so when they understand the systems and they understand what you're doing, they can start to make adjustments on the field. Now, I'm not saying if they've got contained that they can rush inside and try to make a play. I'm saying that they have a lot more autonomy because they understand the systems. And so coaches now feel comfortable giving that up to their players. Um, and we're, we're starting to enter into that, that area, and that's kind of exciting. That, that happens in year two. The other thing that happens in year two is you're starting to see uh, a little bit of kind of a unconscious competence where the guys aren't thinking about it. They're just doing it because that's the way they're used to doing it. They don't have to think about it. All last year, we had to think about everything we did from filling out their questionnaires on their phone every single day. They had to think about that every day to where they were supposed to be at what time. It's now they don't even think about it. They know where to be. And, and when you have that going on, um, those routines, those habits, um, that starts to develop uh, within your program, uh, again, uh, a way of doing things um, it allows the whole organization to move quicker. All right, Chase, so Brian Kelly, pretty fired up about uh, the, the steps that LSU can take in year two. And I, I think that's something that's being overlooked because, again, Mike Norvell, oh, my God, everybody's piping the praises of him. I, I think he's like 15 and six, Shane, 15 and six in his last, <laughs> you know, uh, two seasons. Everyone's like, this is the team on fire. Oh, yeah. uh, but, but he's been there for like four or five years now. And we're just in year two. We're just getting this thing going. And you got people like me thinking they can win the SEC, can win the national championship. I think I think this is a major mismatch. That I can't believe people are buying into the Florida State hype. <laughs> me either. <laughs> me either, man. Ain't none. Ain't work done. Ain't down there. You know what <laughs> I'm saying, uh, brother? Florida State. Yeah, enjoy it. You you won all the preseason banners. But when it comes down to it, there's nobody outside of the SEC that really thinks this is going to be a game. And I hope nobody clips this later and uses it if LSU <laughs> loses. But there's always that. I just I'm very confident that, you know, you talked about preparation, you know, that this a whole full off season with these guys, there's no trying to learn a new system. There's not trying to orchestrate a, a you know a depth chart none of that it's like we know what we're going to do now let's perfect it this that's where LSU's at right now they went to a damn SEC championship and if you're thinking that Florida State if they were in the SEC would have showed up in the SEC championship last year you're crazy yep all right Shane the other big game we got in the SEC on Saturday South Carolina North Carolina mm-hmm. that'll be college game day of course Big-time matchup, nationally televised, so much on the line. And Shane Beamer ain't having it. Um, I'll always shoot you guys straight, disappointed with the way we practiced today. We did not practice today like it was game week, um, which was disappointing. Thought there'd be a lot more urgency out there today, and it wasn't terrible, and it wasn't everyone, but we had too many groups, um, too many individuals that practiced today like uh, everything was just going to be okay on Saturday night, 
practice today like we just assumed that things are going to happen a certain way on Saturday night and frankly the way we practiced at a lot of positions today we'll get our absolute butts kicked on Saturday night if we practice like we did today uh, at some certain spots so that's players and coaches uh, so we've got a lot of work to do <laughs> all right Jay, so what, what's your thoughts when a coach because I got my own I'm, I'm just curious to know what you think what do you what's your thoughts when a coach comes out and, and just talks about uh how his team is not giving forth the effort that he needs to see from them. Yeah, they sometimes these boys need to hear it, you know, and especially because it's not a South South Dakota, you know. It's it. This is this is UNC. This is a team that you're supposed to lose to. Uh, this is a quarterback that's better than yours. This is what everyone's being te- being told. And if you come ill prepared, you're gonna get beat. This is a team that can beat you. So. Um, to make championship runs, you can't take days off. And, and I'm not saying South Carolina is running for a championship, but everyone's going to remember this game. And if you're not putting 110% in on those practices, it shows up when you miss an assignment or you, you know, you forget a play or ta- you, there's no taking plays off. So, uh, they got to be at 110% moving forward because they got to hit the ground running, uh, Saturday. No, I could be completely wrong, Shane. Usually are. <laughs> but we know who's who's Shane Shane Bieber's dad. We all know. Oh, Frankie. I mean, one of the most old Frank school, the Tank. Old school coaches there ever was, right? Yeah. And I'm telling you, this is this is one of Daddy's tricks right here, brother. Mm-hmm. When your team's sky high, you know they they think they're gonna whoop everyone's ass. You bring them right back down, and say. We this was garbage. Yeah. This ain't the effort. They're going to kick our ass. We play like this. We're, we're going to lose this fucking game. I think he's got to bring his team down a little bit because they're so sky high. The comp and this is an old trick. You tell them they suck. They're not getting it done. They're going to get their ass whooped on Saturday. Yeah. So they go out there and they'll beat the shit out of North Carolina. And say, what about that coach? <laughs> and he's going to say, reverse psychology. I got you. So that's, that's right. what I take into this. I I think uh, I think South Carolina's in the zone and he's trying to. He's trying to ease them down a little bit to say, hey, 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 we still yeah. got to do some work here. You know what? Sound like my parents, you know. <laughs> you loser. You're not going to mount anything in that stupid podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Very supportive, Mom. I love you. But uh, one other comment here I love from Shane Beamer. This is a, another guy, DK Joyner. Mm-hmm. We talked about, uh, you know, he was the other one I put as a, a another one that I put as an offensive MVP yeah. this season for the South Carolina Gamecocks. Let's kick it over to Beamer. Hey, Shane. DK's been the number one back really since the start of fall camp, and that has remained the case. He's never played running back before. Just what was it about the way he approached that position that made him the clear-cut starter? Yeah, congratulations on your award, too. It's big time. Um, uh, I think just DK being DK and just his mindset and the way that he works. And I go back, like, I, like I've told you guys before, I mean, you go back and watch the Tennessee game last year where we used him as a Wildcat quarterback and some of the runs that he made, he showed natural running ability. And then you move him to that position and you're like, okay, well, now you, now he's got to block linebackers in the passing game from a pass protection standpoint. Can he do that? And he checked that box off easily. And to me, just like everything that he's ever done, whether it be playing quarterback or receiver, special teams, kick returner, he just embraced it, and um, he showed a toughness, a, a physical mindset, a, a professional mindset, where just he was just steady and and everything you want, you know, in a running back. And, and 
you know, he's it's his first game playing running back, so hopefully he goes out there and has a fantastic night. But he's another one being an older guy, though. He'll continue to get better as the year goes. But that's what I saw, just the way that he approached things and his maturity level with that. All right, Shane. So, I mean, I love this story. Been in the program forever. You know, there's a lot of people didn't think he'd stick around. Yeah. And most players don't. When they come in as a, a high-end quarterback and they move to a receiver, that's, that could be trouble right there. Moving back to quarterback, now back to running back. I mean, most players in today's day and age are not staying through that. And not yeah. only are most players not staying with that, staying with the program, they're usually transferring out. But very, I mean, he's the only one that I can think of that's become a captain and kind of like a face of the of the franchise, so to speak. I just love this story, and I, I hope Joyner just goes off this year. You know, why I love it is because it can be used later. You know, when you're talking to a recruit that maybe lost a job but didn't transfer out, and if you put in the effort, we will find a role. If you make yourself one of the best 11 players, you're going to get on the field one way or the other. So I think this is a great – I mean, this just speaks volumes to, again, that culture, which, you know, again, everybody said that a million times when we talk about Beamer in South Carolina. Yeah. But – that's the kind of culture they created there saying, hey, you may not be the starting quarterback, but if you hang in there, you may be a starting receiver. If you hang in there, you may be a starting running back. And if you put in the work, not only will you get some action, but you may lead the team. So I, I think this is this is awesome. And if you're going to you're going to crown a kid, you know, a, a captain on your team, this is a perfect one to do it to. All right, the podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and use that promo code T-H-A-T-S-E-C, that S-E-C, and they'll give you a 50% initial deposit bonus all the way up to 1000 bucks with a minimum of 45 over at MyBookie.ag. People ask all the time, how can they help the podcast? This is the number one way to help us out. Go over to MyBookie, sign up today, and put in that promo code, that S-E-C, T-H-A-T-S-E-C. There is a link in the show notes, so you can do that. And Mike, get, if you had $100 and yeah. you faded me last week, how much money would you have? $200. <laughs> I mean, I, this is like a guaranteed right here. But not a guarantee. I don't know what you say that. But <laughs> I, this is as close as you're going to get out there. So, again, head over to my bookie, put in promo code, that S-E-C. We're also brought to you by Manscaped, Shane. Don't forget to head on over to manscaped.com. Put in the promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order and free shipping over at Manscaped with that promo code SEC. Head on over, get the Beard Hedger Pro. We're going to be using the Beard Hedger Pro, Shane, to hedge our bets all season oh, long. Ah, I see what you did. Segway, Mike. Uh, yes, sir. So, again, <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate Manscaped being partnered with the show for a multiple seasons. So, again, head on over to manscaped.com, promo code SEC. Get you 20% off your entire order. We're also brought to you by Game Time Sidekick, Shane. Head on over. The Game Time Sidekicks get you a tumbler. These are uh, officially licensed NCAA tumblers, sippy cups, dog bowls. My dog's drinking out of one right now. You can hear him in the background. But uh, Game Time Sidekicks, 
I made a vow on the last episode, Shane, I don't know if you heard it, but I said they'll love it or their money backed and Shane is doing the refund. So that's on <laughs> you, brother. It's not on me. That's a Shane guarantee right there. But all kidding aside, we have many, many, many Game Time Sidekicks products here. We love all of them. We've never heard a bad thing about Game Time Sidekicks. So head on over to GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use that promo code SEC for 20% off your entire order. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, Shane, I. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 oh, I can't wait to just talk about this, but I, I want you to weigh in on it first here. Nick Saban mm-hmm. refusing to release a depth chart. Mm. Mm. Let's let's kick it over to old Papa. You know, your number one focus is not on the game. Uh, it's on the depth chart. And look, there's a lot of competition on the team. Uh, and when we put a depth chart out, you all think that's like final. Like this is like etched in stone that it's going to be this way forevermore. Uh, just because we come out of fall camp and that's where it is. But it creates a lot of distractions on our team. creates a lot of um, you know, guys thinking that, well, this guy won the job now and I'm not going to play or whatever. And quite frankly, you know, we don't need that. Uh, and I want all of our players to continue to compete, to continue to compete for playing time, uh, to try to play at the highest level. And I don't want anybody on our team to think they're a backup player or whatever. Um, and, you know, the depth chart kind of does that. I think most of the players on our team know who should start in the game and who shouldn't start. Um, but that's something that they do day to day in terms of the way they compete and the way they play. And nobody's entitled to play and just because we put it on a piece of paper and say this is the way it is today. So uh, I apologize for that. Um, but it is what it is. <laughs> no depth chart. Sorry about that, boys. But. Uh... He's Shame. not the only one. He's. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to a lot of coaches this week, and 
I haven't met one that likes the depth chart question. Right. Know? That's fair. That's that needs to be said. The, the depth chart is meaningless. Mm-hmm. They're just throwing it out there. But here's where here's where I take issue with this, Shane, because he says, "Well, last year I threw it out, and and players got upset, and and distraction, and yada yada yada." I mean, maybe I'm just reading too much into this, Shane, but. I've said it before, I'll say it again, the decaying dynasty. We got the greatest college coach of all time afraid of a, putting out a depth chart and how that's going to affect his locker room. Well, that's your damn job to, to have these guys locked in, not have an upset over the depth chart. So you're, you're number two? Well, then work your ass to number one. That's what I mean, that's what he's been saying the whole time. Make me play you. Now he's sitting here, oh, well, I don't want to upset anybody. I don't want to <laughs> get people's feelings hurt. I've coached for 50 years, and this is the first time I'm not putting out a depth chart. Shane, I don't, I don't know. This is a guy in, in desperation mode, in my opinion. He, he doesn't even know how to control his damn <laughs> locker room. Oh, man. I, You know, I will say this. I don't think – I mean, it, it's not all depth. It's probably one position in particular is what <laughs> we want to know. And yeah. I mean, when it boils down to it. So – yeah, they probably will have the the infamous oars on there on on the right. depth chart when it officially rolls out. But yeah. this is, uh, yeah, I don't like this. I, I do like the assertiveness of Nick Saban. You know, I, I like the "I ain't afraid of nobody" attitude, and 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 I'm not saying that's the situation, but. You know, fifty years ago, they didn't have the transfer portal. Fifty years ago, they didn't have social media and, and and like that so obviously there is going to be a, uh, a a natural progression in how you talk to these kids but yeah i mean like i said earlier he's not the first one to come out and and shit on the depth chart so right uh but then again it's the first time he's never done it so that that mm-hmm. i'm not saying decay that's mike <laughs> but uh but maybe he just doesn't want to give uh, a competitive edge to them MTSU Blue Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was asked, Shane, multiple quarterbacks. Is that even something that he's planning? No, sir. Given the situation at quarterback, do you enter this game expecting to use multiple quarterbacks, or is there a game plan just drawn up for whoever's the starter? Uh, I don't have any expectations for that right now. I mean, you know, we're going one day at a time. And, um, you know, we're repping the players. And even regardless of what happens in this game, it's the same thing that I told you guys before. Just because whoever starts in the first game, that doesn't mean that you don't have to continue to compete and play throughout the season because the competition doesn't end with the first game at any position, including quarterback. So, um you know, my expectation is, is what can we do to get them better today uh, so that we can play better the next day and the next day. And then when the game comes, we'll be playing as well as we can. We need to be playing to create value for themselves as players, as well as uh, our team to be able to have success. So you can see there, Shane, I mean, the quarterback conversation, that's a touchy subject down there in Tuscaloosa. You think it creeps up and he's like, get that shit out of my mind. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> What am I thinking? Two quarterbacks. <laughs> Who am I? Steve Spurrier? Get out of here. Yeah. I think he, like he said, man, he's waiting for someone to emerge. And yeah, I, I mean, we're hours from kickoff, basically, and I, no one has. No. Well, you know, maybe he's going to flip a coin in the morning, or I don't, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it's going to play out, but you know, 
maybe maybe that's the the thing. He, he thinks that it's not a competition. You know, like he's got a guy. Yeah. And you know, I'm not saying it's competitive. Maybe it is another position he's worried about. Somebody else just getting that label that you're wide receiver one or cornerback one or something like that. I don't know, but you know, then again, it's it's prep week, and you know, we're only a few days away from seeing the depth chart ourselves, you know? So right. uh, that, I think that's that's the the moral of this story, Mike, is just, hey, we've been patient. We've waited over 200 days, and, and a few more. We'll know exactly who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, somewhere where they have named a quarterback, Shay, that's Texas A&M. Let's kick it on down to College Station next, where old Jimbo is named Connor Wigman, starting quarterback for the season opener against New Mexico. Says it was a tight competition. <laughs> to be the quarterback, the starting quarterback. But he and Max both had uh, great camps, played very, very well, uh, very tough decision. You got to make a decision, but, you know, both guys be ready to play and can play, and and where we go. So I think we're very blessed. And as we saw last year, you have to have – takes multiple guys sometimes to get through a season. Pray to God it doesn't as far as that goes. We want nobody to be injured. But when you get two quality guys like we have, it really makes a big difference. So uh, in that regard, so we'll get ready to play and then go on. Connor Wigman being named the quarterback. Does that change anything? And I wouldn't think it would, but just your thoughts on A&M being assertive with who that starting quarterback is going to be. No, I'm, I'm glad they did this. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when I was swimming the other day, I said, you know, why not name the starting quarterback? And, and, and the reason that I thought about that is if for some reason we have trouble in paradise right out of the gate, you may have had Connor in your mind the entire time, but the media, the outside world, sees that as a coach that is uncertain. And that uncertainty is what we're going to use when we're trying to fuel this this hot seat talk. So yeah. that part is is one of the things. Like, why? You know, you want to you want to save Max Johnson's feelings? Just tell him. You know, he's a big man. Mm-hmm. He can handle it. He's, this isn't the first time he's had that conversation. Come out, get behind your quarterback. Have you know ha- help build his confidence, but more importantly, build our confidence that you know exactly what is the uh, is the best take there in, t- in College Station. So I don't know. That's just kind of been lingering. So I'm glad that they did it because you and I both thought Connor was the guy. Uh, but now we can start, you know, moving on to the next story because he d- he d- he does this. He did this when. People kept asking about the offensive coordinator. He's like, well, you know, and he yep. just danced all over it. And then finally says, yes, he's calling the plays. Who's the quarterback? Well, you know, Max is giving this in. Okay, it's it's Connor. It's like, why? Why are we playing this game? Just be assertive like we were talking about Nick Saban earlier. Just come out and say it, and and people will stop asking you. They'll, they'll just get to the final product. What does it look like on the field? And I think it's very important, Shane, that they not only name a starter, but but give confidence to that guy. Yeah. Let him know, you know, that if you have a rough first quarter, second quarter, whatever, that you're not going to just get yanked. Yeah, we got to build confidence in Connor Wigman. You're our guy. You're the, you because we're we're thinking nine, ten, God forbid, eleven win season. Yeah, there's no chance A and M gets that unless they have high elite quarterback play, mm-hmm. and he's got all the help around him. To make his job easy, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, yeah. but if whether if it's Connor, well, obviously it is Connor Wigman. If he lives up to his, I mean, this is a five star. If he lives up to his potential, he is that. Yeah, especially with all the help around him. So I, we got to build confidence. We got we got to let him know 
that uh, you know th- that we're behind him 100. percent And I think that's this was a wise move by Jim. Absolutely, because like I was t- saying in the other show, it's like you don't want your quarterback afraid to make a mistake because Max would come in. Mm-hmm. You know, just quarterbacks are going to make mistakes. Wide receivers are going to make mistakes and not run the right route. So. Instead of, you know, planting seeds of doubt in the offseason, just come out here, be assertive. This is your guy. This is our QB1. And other than Max just – or an injury or something like that, there's no reason that you would lose your job. So, um, you put again, you put it all to bed when you come out here and you, and you kick ass week one. Well, again, another one, Shane, not ready to name at starter. Let's kick it on down to Oxford. <laughs> Lane, have you decided who's going to be starting at quarterback Saturday? Um, we've not made that final decision. Um, we're very excited about <clears throat> all of the guys. As far as for the starter, that's you know, two people. And both guys did extremely well, made really explosive plays Saturday, managed the off- offense well, and feel very confident with either of them. Oh, Lane, Shane, Lane Train. He drives by every night. Yeah, here at the, we live right, right on the railroad tracks here. But he won't tell me this: who the starting quarterback is, Shane. I don't know what in the hell's going on down in Oxford. All right, Shane. So, what in the world are we doing down here? Remember, we're playing Mercer. We're not opening against Texas or Georgia mm-hmm. or LSU. We're playing Mercer, which Stephen did tell me was a top twenty-five F. CS program. Oh yeah, sneaky good. There are twenty, I think, last last week. So, yes. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Name a start. And how about this, Shane Jackson Dart here on Tuesday was asked by our buddy Michael Katz. Shout out Michael Katz. Not being named a starter does that put a chip on your shoulder? He says, absolutely. Yeah, it does. So Jackson Dart. That's the motivation I want for my coach, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know? What are we doing down here? Why? Why don't we? Can't we name a starter? Yeah, I, I just I feel like we've said this three times already. Now it's like what it is. What it is. Lane's playing this game, and we're gonna we're gonna guess the quarterback to the very last moment. Okay, but is that what you want? A quarterback like Jackson that had inconsistencies last year and maybe a little hesitancy when right. when throwing because, you know, he's afraid he's going to get yanked. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that what we want? So, again, this is, this is the narrative that we start. We're going into 2023 season. We've got a quarterback race. Well, if that quarterback doesn't succeed, it may be because he didn't have the, that confidence or maybe he didn't get all the reps there in practice. So, you know, but – Again, I'm not coaching the team. I'm not making millions of dollars here. Lane may be onto something, and maybe it is a closer race than we think. And and if that's the case, we just want the best quarterback out there. And if both of these kids or three of these kids or who you know, I don't know, yeah. you may have a walk on that we don't know about, come out here and perform. Then you know, we just want what's best for Ole Miss. So. Maybe maybe there is something here. Maybe maybe instead of just us, why aren't you saying Jackson? Maybe there's a reason that he's not. Mm-hmm. Well, Shane, next let's uh, kick it on down to Arkansas where, you know, we're huge Sam Pittman fans, Arkansas fans, but it was clear last year some of that toughness. Some of why'd, that you, why'd you get all the good ones? You did Sam. 
Lane Kiffin, you send me over. <laughs> Billy Napier, you know, <laughs> Arnett, you know. I was like, I see how this is playing out. Yep, yep. Why didn't I get to listen to Sam Cliffs? All right. <laughs> Sorry, behind the scenes, me and Mike, we listen to all these coaches talk, and then we, you know, we find what's what's what you guys, what we think you guys would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, mine was mine was a tough tough <laughs> listen today, and now I'm finding out he's getting all the good ones here. Well, classic Shane, he only tells half the story. He, this morning he said, "Let's go at six. I said, "Perfect." Then yeah. he hits me up at noon. Hey, can you go in at two? And I was like, "Well, I'm no. knocking on the wall." You <laughs> <Yeah>. ready? <laughs> so yeah, I, I did appreciate you doing that, but. What I was saying back to Arkansas, Shane, we lost some of that physicality, some of that yeah. toughness, that line of scrimmage play. And Sam Pittman was asked, you know, personal goals for this season. I thought those were probably the best best comments and, and most truthful comments a coach gave. That's all. Well, I'm going to play our best ball. Uh, you know, there's some things that are concerning. Uh, it's how we we played against um, – non-logo schools, and I, I put us in that too whenever we start talking about the LSUs and the Alabamas and all that. We kind of – obviously we love the Razorback, but, you know, the, the the guys that, you know, are in the top ten every year in recruiting. Uh, so we haven't played well. We didn't play well against Missouri State last year, obviously Liberty – even two years ago, Georgia Southern, I think they had us on the ropes out here until we woke up a little bit. Rice, excuse me, Rice, not Georgia Southern necessarily, but Rice. So that's a concern. Uh, we've talked a lot about we're not playing opponents. We're trying to play our best ball, and we've got to get back to that physicality and playing our hearts out every every week, whomever we play. Goal-wise, if we could do that, I think – wins and losses will take care of itself because I do think we have a talented team. All right, Shane. So, I mean, he, he hits the nail on the head. They didn't get it done week in, week out, kind of play down the level of competition at time, And we saw that. I mean, he's right. I mean, everybody looks at Liberty. I completely forgot about Missouri State. They could have lost that game, if not yeah. for K.J. Jefferson playing so well late in that game. But, uh, you know, this is – Again, this is why we like Sam Pittman, Shane, because he's being honest here and and saying exactly what uh, what needs to get fixed. Yeah, you know, elite teams go out and do elite things even against the cupcake opponents. You know, mm-hmm. and and obviously when you're looking at Arkansas' schedule and what they were doing last year, it wasn't just these games, Mike. There was a couple of them that came down the wire and they just weren't able to have the last score, you know. Right. But you look back at that tape, that tape and you're like, this team, maybe it shouldn't have came down to that, you know. If they would have been dialed in coming in, maybe they would have uh, performed a little bit better. So, no, this is what you want to say. And, and it's that old cliche, it's one week at a time. Well, that's easy to say, but it's harder to – Get these these players to buy. This is where leadership comes in, Mike. And it's not it's not the coaches. I'm talking about somebody in that locker room reminding them of Liberty. Yeah. Somebody in that re- locker room reminding them of Missouri. It's like we got to come out and we got to we got to do our thing. But the coaches aren't out there. They're not out on the field. You know, it's got to come from within. So this is where people like KJ Jefferson. You know, and that may be what that comment was for. Mm-hmm. Was more of the team captains here. 
Well, one thing, it was just so funny, Shane. So this this opener, it's in Little Rock. They, yeah. You know, they only play there once a year now. And, you know, people get excited around there because it's their one game and all that. I get it. But they've had to kick it back from – it was supposed to start at 3. Mm-hmm. They moved it to noon because it's yeah. so damn hot out right. and the humidity. And people are pissed off. They're like, my tailgating got messed up, which I, I get it. Yeah. I'd be mad too. Yeah. But they asked Sam Pittman about – you know, about if he's worried about the tailgaters. <laughs> he said, I ain't worried about the damn tailgate. I'm trying to win a football game. I was like, thank you, Sam. I mean, don't ask the head coach something about tailgating. You know what I mean? That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Shane, uh, Hugh Freeze down at Auburn. First, the it's freezing down on the plains, yeah. even though it's 100 degrees out there. But we're going to see the first – Hugh Freeze team take the field in, in just a couple days. Cannot wait against UMass. A UMass team that looks a little bit better now that we've actually yeah. seen them play a little bit in week zero. But uh, he is another one, Shane. No fan of the depth chart. You know what? Right. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. There ain't no such thing in Auburn. That state of Alabama, it has no depth chart. <laughs> Period. UAB maybe. But none of that. None of the big boys. Coach, looking at the depth chart for the first time at the receiver spot with Shorter, Kelly, uh, Johnson, and Hooks, was that those guys separating themselves in the wide receiver room, or was it more on injuries that we know they dealt with this this fall? I'm going to be totally candid with you. I don't even have a depth chart, so I, I don't know where that came from. I guess that's from the SID world. I, I don't do depth charts, so... Um, yeah, I just don't that, – That's it's really nonsense. Uh, I mean, you're going to play your four to five outside receivers and your two or three inside receivers in our system, and I don't care who runs out there with the first group or the second group. I, they freely rotate, so I don't make much of those depth charts, and um, I, I don't know who you said, but if you're talking about the outside guys, I would think – you're going to see a rotation of uh, Shorter and, and Malcolm and Hooks and O and Camden Brown. I would think those would be the the five guys that are going to get the first rotations at, at that spot. But I I am in no way said that one of them was first team and one of them was second team. I just that that don't fly with me. Doesn't work. But I did think it was interesting. Shane, we'll play his other comment here in just a second. But uh, get trying to get Peyton Thorne going. Yeah, and maybe he was just trying to you know pump up UMass like these yeah. coaches do. But I thought it was interesting how he said you know what they like to do is go make it difficult on Peyton to get going. Uh, do you think it really will? Um, no, I, I think there'll be some scripted plays yeah. um, right out of the gate. Obviously. Um, you're going to have to get him just kind of acclimated. That's just – we're going to see that with every quarterback, not just Thorne down there. Um, but it's going to be safe plays, you know. It's going to be something to just kind of, you know, get that get the chains moving, you know, and, and let them – you know you know how it is. I, that's, that's, I don't know if there's a fancy way of saying it. People making this team to sound as better than they are – like if you listen to this one – it was 30 minutes of, of how great UMass is. Right. They are very good, yes, for UMass. But they are not a threat to Auburn. And mm-hmm. and if this game comes down to a, a fourth-quarter drive, yeah, that fan base is going to be excited that they won, but they're going to be, like, scratching their head saying, hey, we're a little further along than we thought. So – Obviously, they're going to have to take some shots. They're going to have to get Thorne involved early. 
this running game going. You know, it's it's the, people want to see points and they want to see action. You don't do that with little screen passes and five yard. You know, we want to see some shots down the field, right. and I think we'll we'll get some of that. And this just occurred to me, Shane, and I could be this could be a terrible comparison, but I think it's legit. When Heupel got down to Tennessee, mm-hmm. he inherited a guy by the name of Hendon Hooker. Yeah. And they brought in, you know, their picked transfer, and it was Joe Milton. Mm-hmm. And Joe Milton, you know, won over the fans, won the starting job. Much like Peyton Thorne mm-hmm. and Hugh Freeze down here. He inherited Robbie Ashford. They yeah. competed. Thorne won it. And I'm not sitting here saying, you know, Thorne's no good or anything, but we all – Pretend like we know what's going to happen. We yeah. have, we got no damn clue, Shane. And and what if Peyton Thorne does struggle? And what if you know they have to bench him in the cow game or something? Right. And it, and and Robbie Ashford runs with it like Hen and Hooker did. I mean, I, we can't totally rule that out, can we? With yeah. a with a new coach, new coordinator, all the new players. Uh, I mean, I and and all by all accounts, Robbie Ashford is has responded incredibly well to his role in what this offense will be. So. I mean, Rob, Robbie can still win this job, Mike. Yeah, I think yeah, so. No, that, uh, that's where I'm trying that's, to get to. That's where we were scratching our head last year is there was clearly no development with him last season. It was right. like, hey, if it's not there, just run. If your first option's not there, right. run. I, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case with Hugh Free. So, again, you're talking about a kid that – it's like that old, you know, like if I, if I go to a – Nashville school, when I was in 10th grade, they'd be like, this son of a bitch is reading at the third grade level, you know? <laughs> it takes me a little while to start, you know, picking up on them big old words. So that was – that's I think that's the same case here. It's, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but he will get it. He, he mentioned a little earlier he's banged up. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. That was my only fear. It's like, here we go, you know, banged yep. up, not playing, but – he he kind of said that he he should be there and and I he's going to get some action man and i just think with a new offensive line chain i mean it's just it's so valuable to have a guy that can take off and and make big plays with his legs mm-hmm. and Peyton Thorne has a little bit of that but but nowhere close to what Robbie Ashford can do you know yeah well but you don't want to create too much controversy you know that's that's like you want this if this is Thorne, let it be his team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we just watched that documentary about Florida Gators and so many people wanted Tim Tebow. Like yep. if if he comes in here on a handful of of drives and and scores a touchdown, everybody's like, wait, that should be our guy. You know, and then they're booing your starting quarterback <laughs> if he throws a pick. So you got to be careful. It's delicate when you've got a true quarterback competition. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tennessee, that's where I wanted to go next, Shane. I don't have any clips. There was no nothing really clip-worthy. But sounds like Cooper Mays not going to play in the opener. Yeah. But uh, Tennessee also catching a little bit of a break because Virginia's best defensive end, Chico Bennett, mm. all-name team, yeah. he's out for this game. He had seven sacks last year, one of the top pass rushers in the ACC. So mm. both lines of scrimmage a little banged up heading into this matchup. But we just got word, Shane, that the uh, – the game, which is in Nashville, Nissan Stadium, sold out. So you got to have – I mean, it ain't sold out because of Virginia. You know what I mean? So this is going to be a nice home field advantage yeah. for Tennessee. But, uh, man, it, it'll be great to see the Vols take the field uh, here in a couple of days, won't it? it it's going to be great, man. I'm pumped up. This is – you know, you're already seeing, like, some hot takes floating around and people are saying, watch out, Virginia. But 
Volvan's going to load that place up. I hate that it's even in Nashville. That should be in Neyland, but yeah. uh, I think uh, SEC team's going to be there and everything like that. So it should be a fun fan experience, and uh, it should be a wild game. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. How many? You don't have to give me a final score, but how many points will Tennessee score? Can you at least give me that? Ball, how many ballpark points do I think Tennessee like over will score? forty, over fifty, oh. over sixty? Well, you got to watch the new. The new clock situation. Uh, that's true. That's so true. I would say like at least 55. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the second half, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of high-flying offense, Shane, let's kick it all down to Kentucky. We've got Liam Cohen back, of course. we got Devin Leary. we got Ray Davis. When we're loading up, we got all these receivers. we got to get – this offensive line fix, Shane, and if you listen to Mark Stoops, it sounds like that's exactly what they've done uh, in this Liam Cohen offense, which has got some new wrinkles. We're seeing some of the guys on the depth chart and on the offensive line back to their comfortable positions. We've talked about it, but now that you're in the game week, excited to see them. How comfortable do you feel like they are in their spots and ready to improve on the line? I feel like we're improved. I think that's, you know, you've heard us talk about that. I've talked about it many times. We needed to improve. We had to address certain areas. We have. You're you're correct. I mean, you see some guys getting back to their more comfortable position. Um, you know, in particular, Kenneth, you know, playing, playing guard and the experience that he has there. And Eli playing back at guard. Um, you know, we'll... we'll you know, Jagger playing center. He's been solid, but he's got he's got to get some game reps under his belt now. And uh, you know, our tackles need to improve over last year, and I think they will. Uh, we've talked a lot about Marcus. He's been uh, very very solid. And then uh, Cortland and and Jeremy, um, you know, are battling at the right, and 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 just need to see where that position goes. Both of them have a lot of talent. I think uh, Jeremy has improved over a year ago, and certainly Cortland has that ability. Uh, we just need to see uh, the consistency and, and see him dominate like I believe he can. Uh, we just got to uh, take it into some games here and, and see see how that goes. Mark, when Liam got here, he said he knows it's a different situation from when he first got here with no Wandale, no C-Rod, turnover near the line. He also said that you know he's learned even more things in the NFL, will fans be able to see differences in your offense? Do you think it'll look pretty much like it always has, or can you put your finger? I, I, I think, yeah, I think you'll be able to see some some difference. Um, we all change and evolve and grow weekly and yearly, certainly in this profession. I mean, you have to. So there's. You know, you whether it's the way you're presenting plays, the way you know you're setting it up, whatever. I mean, you have to grow, and so there'll be certain things that you will see that 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 you've seen before, and uh, there'll be some new things as well. Um, and, and a lot of times, there's changes that you all would have no clue that there, there's changes. You know what I mean? So. It's how we target things, where we're going, what we're doing. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot to it. All right, Shay. I mean, this is one that I'm I'm really excited. I guess because you're manscaped a bit there also. But uh, 
no, the, <laughs> I do want to see Kentucky come out and beat the shit out of Ball State. But I'm very fired up after us keep talking up Kentucky all this time. I, I want to see it in action. I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. Tired of talking about it. I want to see it myself. And, you know, even though he was not in Kentucky, one of the things he's he was constantly studying NFLs. So NFL teams, you know. So, I, I again, those are maybe some of the wrinkles that you're bringing back is some of those things that you discovered at that, you know, NFL level. So, uh, yeah, you're not going to get a lot from Coach. But uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it. And actually, you, we got to win, man, because, again, I, I mean, I haven't had this – off since golly i was in high school you know what i'm saying so you're gonna see all three chins if i do that so come on man can't lose a ball state <laughs> well speaking of can't lose shade let's kick it on down to mississippi state southeast louisiana is the opponent they're gonna beat the hell out of them but i love this clip that you found will rogers yeah asked about being picked last in the sec he's favored a number of my tweets that are Featured yeah. Mississippi State at the bo- lower of the of the West. Uh, let's kick it over to Will Rogers. Well, obviously, guys, you know, entering game week here, but you know, throughout this offseason, have you guys as players talked at all about you know State being picked to finish last in the West, and and do you guys use that as motivation at all? Uh, I mean, a little bit. You know, it hasn't really come from the coach himself and Coach Arnett or anybody like that. Uh, I think it's more so of just guys in the locker room. You know, something we've definitely kind of talked about in the locker room and uh, definitely something that we kind of kind of see how the outside world is kind of projecting us to finish last. But uh, we don't take too much thought into it. Uh, I kind of just use it as motivation and, um, you know, try and just go 1-0 every single week. All right, Chase. So, uh do you like your quarterback here basically saying, hey, we're talking about this in the locker room? Yeah, I do. I do. And and, and it's not just him, you yeah. know, because you, you just had Coach out. And, and even though we didn't have really anything of substance from them, and a lot of that had to do with the media, in my opinion, Mike, because it was question after question, barrage of questions about – how are you going to do this? And how can you, uh, have you worked on game management? This first time as a head coach, yeah. the, the whole staff, the, not only is the coach being doubted on, but this entire team. Uh, so at this point they've embraced it and you know, they got a few bookmarks out there, probably SEC Mike, <laughs> that they cannot wait to put out. Yeah. And, and you do that by coming out here and just kicking ass week one. Yep. Uh, one final one here, Shane, I'm again, we're going to talk Texas and Oklahoma if we find it. But uh, this is – Sark was responding to the Big 12 commissioner, Shane, who, if you missed it, the other day said uh, – he, he was speaking to – at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. And he said, why don't you go out there and whoop Texas ass for us or something like yeah. that. To that effect, here's Steve Sarkeesian being asked about that in response to the Big 12 commissioner pleading Texas Tech to beat Texas – Sark, you talked about embracing the hate. Did you ever think it would extend to the commissioner of your conference, whether or not he was playing to his audience? And I'm guessing your players might have heard that too. Well, you're trying to get me in trouble, Roger. But um, I, 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 jokingly aside, but but not. <laughs> you know, I got a letter from the commissioner about sportsmanship the day before that speech, and so I'm trying to figure out, you know, about. What are we promoting to our student athletes and then to go 
say those types of things. So I'm, I'm not guessing he's going to have his Thanksgiving dinner with us the night before that game. Um, but the reality of it is, you know, that's, a lot's been made about that. A lot's been made about a T-shirt being made. Let, let's not make this more than it is. Man, this is about us. We're focused on what we get to do and why we get to do it. We're proud to be part of the University of Texas, okay? We're proud to represent the burnt orange and right. We're proud to represent 550,000 living alumni. We're proud to represent four national championship teams. We're proud to get to go do that. And we know who's behind us, and that's okay. Now let's go play. All right, Shane, so uh. the Sark in Texas, they're embracing the hate. And that's what they need to do, Shane. They need, yeah. to, they need to get tough. They need to get physical because everybody hates Texas. Yeah. But Texas people, you already know that. We hated you until you're one of us. You know what I mean? Like there's just something about Texas that they're – you can't say chip on the shoulder because it, it's – you know, it's, it's – they believe they're up here, but you gotta you got to physically go out there and do it. And and you you can't be finesse. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the message Sark's getting here, aside from the fact that the Big Twelve commissioner seems to be <laughs> having it out for Texas, you know? Well, I will tell you this. Our commissioner is probably the only one that likes Texas right now. You know? so, I mean, I mean, we are embracing Texas with open arms, but I guarantee you the other 14 teams over here, they aren't. So uh, they, they're going to do well over here, Mike. They will. Yeah. Sark's already got it, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, buddy. Well, hey, that's all I got on this episode of the show. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, man. A lot of talk. A lot of talk about game week talk. You know, that's what I'm saying. And we got football games right around the corner. Yep. Don't forget, Thursday, we got two matchups. We're going live right before uh, Missouri and the uh, Utah-Florida game. Um, so that one's going to be a little bit weird, you know, especially for our audio listeners because – uh, and of course, if you're watching video, I've just looked at five cameras here. I don't even know which one's which, but <laughs> but we're going to be talking about that game. We're also going to be making our predictions and, and, and whatnot, but uh, maybe even a little recap after the ball game. So uh, stay stay tuned. Make sure you're on YouTube. Subscribe. Turn those notifications on. As soon as we go live, you'll be notified. And you can get on there and hang out with us. Yes, sir. At the barber shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, I appreciate you. Well, for making the trek out here. Yeah. I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one. I see you guys. Go balls. Damn, I got a piss. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.